Uh, good afternoon, everyone. And uh, so we're here to talk about how Reddit scaled uh, the Reddit videos to a billion views. Uh, my name is Anand, and uh, this is Josh Street, my colleague. Uh, to kick it off, a little bit about me. So I grew up in India. I did my, uh, came to US for my master's at Purdue University, and then spent about eight years at uh, Microsoft working on their data compilers, big data connectors, and most notably, I spent uh, three years working on their Power BI tool as an engineering manager, scaling it up from zero to five million subscribers. And here at Reddit, I'm currently running their machine learning and AI platform teams called Knowledge. Before this, I worked on uh, the Reddit video platform as well as the Reddit redesign. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to cover today. Uh, give a quick overview about Reddit, uh, talk about how we did, why and how we did the redesign, and then jump into uh, video and uh, go into the technical architecture for the video. <clears throat> so quick poll, how many of you guys use Reddit regularly here? Nice, nice. So for folks who don't uh, use Reddit often, I just want to give a really quick overview. So Reddit is a platform of communities where you can find uh, people that are as passionate as you are in, uh, in, your, in your interests or hobbies. So it could be sneakers, it could be sports or movie fans, whatever, right? And with Reddit, you get really authentic conversations. For even for folks who know what Reddit is, they don't know how big Reddit is. So Alexa ranks uh, websites based on their engagement and time you spent. Reddit is at number fifth in the US and uh, 14th globally. And we have about 330 million monthly active users uh, with close to 140,000 active communities, 12 million posts per month, 96 comments per million comments per month, and 2 billion votes per month. <coughs> at, at the core, Reddit is bringing belonging to everyone in the world. Here is how uh, Reddit works overview. The first one, it's pseudonymous. As you guys know, we don't need real identity uh, to use Reddit, which brings in really authentic conversations. The second one, at the core of Reddit, it's all about communities. And uh, we have communities for videos, we have communities for sports, and if you participate in the communities, you just have to follow their rules. And uh, we also have upvoting and downvoting to similar to other platforms. And finally, for even if, you, if you're new to Reddit and you don't subscribe to any of those things, we have this thing called the front page or R popular, which gives you what is like currently happening across all the subreddits and voted by the top. So why did we choose to do redesign? I just want to walk through a few things. Uh, so this is Reddit in 2006. Uh, it was built on prototype.js by, by the original founders. And 2008, we moved over to use jQuery, and the site almost looked dissimilar. And a few things happened, like the founders uh, sold the company, left and found Hipmunk. And then fast forward to close to nine more years, and Reddit pretty much didn't change. It was almost dissimilar. So it was time that we needed to change it. <clears throat> so why did we choose to do the Reddit redesign? There were like three main reasons. One was brand perceptions. Uh, and the second one was to make it welcoming for new users. With Reddit being the community, and we want to make it easier for anyone to access uh, the content there. And then, of course, uh, increase our developer velocity. It's like age-old code base. It was really hard to maintain, really hard to hire. So there was a quite a few uh, things. So when we wanted to start uh, 
going with our mission, building uh, for new users and make Reddit welcoming, we started doing it on the mobile apps. So we got it, uh, we released our first mobile app like in 2016, and we've been building a lot of uh, native features in it, and it's been getting a lot of usage. Reddit being Reddit, our uh, users did notice a subtle difference between our mobile app and then the desktop site. On the right, you can see Brad Pitt. On the left, you can see Michael Serra. Uh, it was like a drastic difference, right? And it was, uh, if you guys know about Dig, uh, there used to be a company. And uh, there's a reason why the redesign for Reddit is really, really hard. Uh, so Dig tried a redesign like a, a decade back. And then uh, they kind of launched it. And the biggest problem was the way they changed their, the, the algorithm on the voting page or the front page was not, it was providing promoted content a lot more. And a lot of people left Dig and moved to Reddit. So it was, uh, it was critical that when, once we redesigned Reddit, it was something that what, like our current user base loves, and we can make it also welcoming for new users. So how did we do it? <coughs> Uh, obviously, first build a team. Like so, when uh, so we started uh, building the redesign in December 2016, when uh, the company, the overall company was 150 people with 70 engineering team. There's literally two people on the front end team who started working on the redesign, and so we had to rapidly build our design team, which scaled up from like two and two designers to like 10 designers, and also scale up our product team. And uh, that's when they hired me and. And then we uh, built a, the, uh, like a nice, diverse team, which built the redesign. So thanks to the team. <coughs> and the second one, uh, the way we did the redesign was like when we were building the redesign, that is the reason why uh, our users still come and use Reddit, because of the fact it was still, they were comfortable. So when we were doing the redesign, we tried to make sure we gave them the familiarity. Uh, so Reddit users, they can customize, the, the moderators can customize the site as much as they want. So we provide a lot of uh, structures tooling around it. And finally, we did a, a ton of user testing, and we did it, roll it out through multiple, multiple phases over uh, months. So we first started with uh, like a really small alpha with just like uh, 10 to 15 users, got a ton of feedback, and then addressed them, and then opened it up, and let new communities come in. So it was like, it took us almost like six months uh, to get in a ton of feedback, address all of them. So, <clears throat> so during this, uh, the course of like giving feedback, one of the, the primary reasons, or one of the issues where we had a few issues, we fixed a lot of them. One of the issues was the performance was not good. And Reddit being Reddit, uh, there came up conspiracy theories on the site. So this is a post uh, on our, our redesign community, which talks about how once you are get routed into redesign, uh, the old site is going to be slow. And so people are coming up with interesting uh, theories on how to do it. And it was really uh, uh, hard and very fun to work with Reddit, like all the feedback that they were giving. And uh, the conspiracy continued. Like, say, they were, this was a funny post which said there were uh, three ads in eight posts. And at Reddit, we also tried to have fun. Which, and this was one of our product manager, which he came and said it was actually a bug. We tried to make it everything as a post. So it's, it's a really good, uh, good community, very passionate people. And it was really, really fun uh, building this redesign. 
So the TLDR was like, listen to your users. Like the way we were able to push this redesign was launch it to a small set of user base, get uh, them to become their, your advocates. So it was really interesting. When we first let in 100 users, they were like, OK, this sucks. This is really bad. Then we addressed their feedback, and then we let the next 500 users. It was really interesting to see the original 100 people started defending for us. So listen to, the, listen to your users, and addressing their feedback was really, really helpful. So this was an example of uh, one of our moderators who saw people who are started coming into the redesign. They saw like some issues and started reporting stuff. So this guy went and built a wiki page documenting all the known issues, the things that are in progress. And it was really powerful to see the community coming together to help us uh, build or ship the redesign. And finally, uh, most important for us, uh, after listening to the users, is like measure everything. We take monitoring very seriously. Uh, so this is a graph that we built, a real-time graph which shows uh, Reddit users coming into the site. So that's uh, why and how and we did like the redesign. So now going into the fun uh, technical part. So. <coughs> Oh, so before that, uh, so this is what uh, the old redesign looks like. And uh, this is kind of what the redesign is like. What we tried to do was like the familiarity and providing uh, better experiences and also options. So with the new redesign, we gave them three options. One is a classic view, which is almost similar to the old redesign. And some of our Reddit users really like uh, hate white space. So we gave them an option where you can compact, like it's, everything is compact, there's no white space, the whole screen is uh, filled up with the, the content. And then we also have a, a card view which is more welcoming for the new users. So that's all, that's all about the redesign. So let's uh, start talking about video. Uh, so for Reddit, uh, we have a lot of different content types. Uh, images, video, self-post, which is text post, link post. And video is one of our most con uh, popular content type. And I just want to show a couple of uh, examples on what kind of videos and GIFs are in uh, Reddit. Tell me if you don't like it. <laughs> that is a cat fist bumping a human. And <laughs> it's it got about like a, almost a million upwards, uh, sorry, a, a like ton of upwards and million, close to a million views. And uh, the next, next one. So this is actually a cat walking a human. And uh, clearly a world where uh, the cats are in church. And this again got like 100,000 upwards, close to a half million views. Uh, a lot of Reddit is cat pictures, we will agree. <laughs> um, so it was really important for us to build um, a native experience for uh, communities to express themselves. So why did we decide to build video, native support, the second one is to ex the communities can express it. And our opportunity for the mobile was really, really high. As we started building the, the native app redesign, the desktop redesign, we wanted to revamp all our uh, experiences. And uh, the most obvious fact is like people in general love media and interacting with uh, media. And this kind of highlights the Reddit video problem. Like the way uh, before we built the native platform, the way Reddit video works was you had to go to a third-party website, Giphy, Imageware, go upload your video, and uh, wait till it processed, get a link, come back to Reddit, find a subreddit, and then once you post it and you sit and pray, hopefully it doesn't get removed by our auto-moderators or our community rules. So it was really, really cumbersome, and we wanted to make this experience much better. 
And of course, we had a bunch of playback issues around how uh, like we treated third-party content. So we wanted to give a unified experience. So we built, we tried to do that. So with that, uh, I want to ask my colleague uh, Jashree to come and talk about our video requirements and what our uh, Reddit uh, video pipeline looks like. All right, everybody. Nice to meet you all. My name is Jashree Barak. Uh, I'm a senior engineering manager at Reddit, and I was part of the team that uh, developed the video pipeline at Reddit. So let's talk about some of the requirements that we had at first. One of the things that was um, kind of new for Reddit was as soon as you make your or submit your post, uh, we made it live. So one of the challenges that we first had to face when developing this was dealing with an asynchronous um, you know, processing to, so that we could actually transcode the video. And what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to have a penalty um, for users while that video was transcoding while it was getting on the hot queue. So essentially what we had to do is make sure that we didn't bring that post live, wait for the transcoding to complete, and then index that so that other people can begin to interact with that post and see the content. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to make sure that we did was we wanted to make sure that we didn't break the moderator experience. This needed to integrate seamlessly into Automod. Uh, by a show of hands, how many people know about moderators at Reddit? Great, yeah. So basically we wanted to make sure that we were able to integrate with all of that tooling and make sure that posts could get removed, et cetera, and this was part of uh, the requirements that we went into it. Now, part of this asynchronous flow, we also wanted to make sure that we notified the user once the post was live, since it was an asynchronous uh, process. And lastly, because Reddit, we value privacy, we wanted to make sure that we stripped any geotagging data. And this is really important. The last thing we wanted to do is give away location data um, to other users, right? So we wanted to keep these things in the forefront of our mind as we went through this process. So the other thing that we wanted to do is we needed to support MP4 so the user could upload that MP4 and we could play back that video. But we also wanted to give users the ability to go and upload an MP4. And, and for us, we call it gififying this video, which was we strip it down to less than a minute. We make sure that we loop this, um, uh, loop the video, and uh, gave them that experience of having a GIF, but delivering it via uh, an MP4 so that you know, obviously it's optimized, et cetera. And lastly, we wanted to make sure that this worked cross-platform. So iOS, Android, desktop, mobile web. And we wanted to support um, adaptive streaming. So we wanted to leverage HLS and Dash to make sure that users could see the actual GIF or the video even in low connection environments. And we didn't want to have them uh, download the entire content before playback started. So probably the most interesting set of requirements were the infrastructure requirements that we had. We needed to scale to about 10,000 uploads a day. And we needed to deal with elastic demand. So the, the thing is, is that with Reddit, 5 to, 5 to 8 a.m. Uh, 8 a.m. for the East Coast, we have a ton of users start coming in and start posting videos. So we needed to make sure that we were robust to this kind of elastic demand or whether um, you know, there's a sporting event or things of that nature where we just get a ton of people coming into Reddit. And we had to make sure that we, we didn't break in those moments because that's where some of the most interesting co uh, content comes from. Um, the other thing is, is that we wanted to make sure that we had a you know, quick turnaround for the processing in this transcoding pipeline. The last thing you want to do is be waiting for your video to come back and have that experience where you have to come back you know, half an hour, hour later. Um, and probably the most important thing is the team that actually went into developing this. Uh, I was managing two separate teams, so it was about half my time and one other engineer. And we had a couple of vendors help us out with the native integration as well. But realistically, we needed an infrastructure that was Minimal, that had a minimal touch on our current infrastructure that we had. We didn't have really the resources. I think at the time, there was about 30 to 40 Reddit engineers at total. And so we didn't, need to, we didn't want to add this burden to our infrastructure team. And we wanted to be able to, to leverage as many managed services as possible uh, so that we could have you know, very, very little touch and, and have that confidence that we could deal with the scale that, that Reddit has. 
So let's talk about the Reddit video pipeline. And real quick before we do that, this was actually Reddit's first viral video. So this is the first thing that made it to the top of the, the home page. And it kind of shows to you know, the, the community expression that Anand talked about beforehand. And here's an opportunity for them to express themselves in yet another medium. It's a simple video, but um, it kind of shows the power of Reddit and what communities do at Reddit. So before we dive into the video pipeline, we want to look at Reddit's infrastructure right now. So this is a very high-level view of what uh, Reddit's infrastructure looks like. And the, the interesting part here is the monolith that we have uh, in R2 here. And that's what we call it uh, internally. And so essentially, as you can see, we're starting to break things up into various microservices. We have our front end, which is the redesign now. And we have an API layer. And slowly, we're beginning to peel back the layers here and move these into microservices. But for now, that's what it looks like. And so more specifically, um, if we do a deep dive into this infrastructure, you can notice we have the same code that's deployed across multiple app pools. This is how we deal with like um, uh, scrapers or crawlers or things like that. We'll send them to various app pools to make sure that users that are coming for the content, et cetera, have the best experience possible. And I think for this talk, the interesting piece is going to be the queue processor here, because this is how we're essentially going to integrate the video pipeline back into Reddit's architecture uh, and do so with, with minimal infrastructure that we had to build out ourselves. So here is what the end-to-end -end video architecture looks like. And inside, you can see the Reddit infrastructure that we talked about. And that queue processor that I was talking about was that Elastic Transcoder completion queue. But real quickly, just going through the flow um, in, in total so you guys have a little bit of context. And then we'll deep dive into each individual piece. But we, we get a signed URL. We upload that to S3. We queue the video to then get moved from the temporary to the permanent bucket. We'll talk about why we have those two separate ones. This triggers an object creation event. And that's how we fire off into, into Lambda. And then Lambda starts this whole flow through the transcoding pipeline at which point we take the transcoded output and, and Elastic Transcoder will tell SNS to queue a record in SQS that then we read back into Reddit's infrastructure to update the post and notify the user that their post is now live. So looking into the actual transcoding pipeline itself and zooming into it, this is what that looks like. So we leveraged a lot of managed services from Amazon. And again, this tied back into our requirement for having a small development team and needing to rapidly prototype. And in fact, we were able to do this with that uh, kind of skeleton team in about three to four months. So let's talk about the video capture and validation. This is a relatively straightforward section, but we, we leveraged a lot of uh, Amazon's APIs to do the upload test three. We made sure we had transfer acceleration. We leveraged multi-part uploads here to make sure that we could get restarting uh, on uploads, especially because we rolled out to native clients first. Last thing I wanted was somebody to be halfway through uploading a video, it break and have to restart that again. And we also had, um, this temporary bucket that we're uploading to, and that had a one-day TTL. And we'll talk about in detail a little bit on why we chose to do that. So once we have the actual video, we need to validate that video and go through that. And this is essentially when you submit or upload that video, you'll submit the post itself to Reddit, and that's when the whole process begins. We get a WebSocket in response, and we create this draft post. It's not live yet, but a user can go view their own post and their own content that they had posted to just make sure that, hey, it did get submitted. Once we queue the post to get moved over, um, to move the, the uploaded video from the temporary to the permanent bucket, we then kick off a validation. So we look at the video size, we look at the video length, uh, look at MIME types, do any security checks that, might, uh, that we might be in interested in. And this is also uh, an area where if you're building your own solution, you can have a quick touch point to just do some quick validation and give the user that information back as quick as possible via, via the WebSocket that we delivered. And lastly, 
when we talked about gififying video, we leverage S3's object metadata to basically say that this user wanted to gifify this particular video. And the interesting thing is, and we'll kind of highlight that throughout the talk, is that this move through the transcoding pipeline and each piece uh, within those managed services that we have are able to leverage and read off this user metadata, which is really, really exciting because you can kind of do some interesting uh, experiments, et cetera, um, and, and kind of the sky's the limit in terms of uh, the data that you can pass through this pipeline. So why the temporary bucket? So let's say that somebody uploaded a video and they never submitted the post. We didn't want to do too much in order to try and clean that up, but with a one-day TTL, if that post never made it through, that video is just going to go away and we've cleaned up after ourselves. Also, we chose a one-day TTL because if we have an issue with Reddit or something's, something's up, we have time to go and deal with that and reprocess these videos and make sure that they go live. So this is not you know, making the user have to re-upload this content. And now the permanent bucket is where we move that uh, uploaded video to and we store it there and we lock those permissions down. We want to make sure that we don't leak any metadata or geotagging information, et cetera. But when we first launched the video uh, pipeline, we wanted to make sure that we kept a copy of this just in case that we got our transcoding settings wrong or something like that where we could go and reprocess these posts and make sure that um, we, we had a safety blanket, if you will. And lastly, the transcoding bucket. This is where the videos get served from and this is what we hook into our CDN. The most important thing to note about the transcoding bucket, and this bit us a little bit, is just making sure to get your caching right. Um, S3 egress um, is something that is a little bit expensive, but leveraging the correct cache headers and whatnot, we were able to eliminate that overhead that we had in terms of uh, cost, and we got a huge cost savings out of that. So now that we have a validated video and we're happy with that, how do we go and, and uh, what do we do after that? So this is where the transcoding pipeline starts. So once it's moved to the permanent bucket, we have this object creation event that gets fired off to AWS Lambda. And the nice thing about Lambda here is we use it to get process isolation on the media info binary. And what media info does is it essentially extracts all the metadata that we need from the video in order to go and set the correct presets uh, and outputs, et cetera. And one of the nice things about Lambda is that we didn't have to have our own infrastructure. And it was literally as simple as just calling subprocess out in Python and calling this media info binary, and we were able to extract all that metadata very, very easily with minimal infrastructure overhead. Also, what we wanted to do is, like I touched on earlier, setting those expected outputs. So based on the width and the height of the video, we wanted to know this is the, the format or the bit rate that we want to transcode the video into. And lastly, this was our opportunity to go ahead and load balance across multiple Elastic Transcoder pipelines. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second as well um, and, and why that's important. So real quick, talking about the presets that we have, here's just a really simple example uh, with HLS presets. And we check this into our Lambda repo. And all this is doing is it's, it's creating, uh, it's mapping preset IDs to a simple heuristic that we have. And we just look at the height of the video to determine do we do 1080p, 720p, um, 480p, or 240p, and then what are the audio bit rates that we want for each of the transcoded outputs. Nice thing is this is all in source control. And it's something, um, it's very simple to go ahead and switch these preset IDs out. Um, as well as add a whole new set or leverage the metadata to do some experimentation around this. Now looking into the Lambda handler that we have here, we talked about load balancing across multiple pipelines. So we have these uh, multiple pipeline IDs here. And all we, we're doing is just a random choice. And the idea is, is we don't want to back up videos as they're going through this pipeline, especially at, at Reddit scale. Um, and so there's some interesting things that happen in here as well. And I won't get too deep into this, but we select the video outputs. We select the audio outputs for this and we create the Elastic Transcoder job, essentially. 
And here's another opportunity that as you select these presets and as you look at the, the data that was extracted by Media Info, you can do some logging and some other um, event pipeline integration if you so wish and do some product instrumentation around this as well. So real quick, um, again, tying back into the infrastructure piece and having minimal infrastructure, it's literally this simple to deploy our Lambda method. Uh, just a zip, zip tool, we grab all the files we have in the repo, upload that, and this is something that we've integrated as a build step when merging into master. Um, and again, this is little overhead to our infrastructure team, and it's something that we could keep in-house, and it, it took essentially a day to set up. So let's look at Elastic Transcoder. So this is what actually produces our transcoded output. So again, we stripped the video location data here, and the multiple pipelines that we have around uh, video and a GIF pipeline. And lastly, after the instrumentation that we've done around this, we've noticed that our P90 transcode time is well under 30 seconds. Um, and another really interesting thing uh, to call out here is as we did our native integration with iOS and Android, because we were moving towards an MVP, we didn't want to build out the UI to select video poster images and whatnot. So we're able to leverage Amazon Elastic Transcoder to go ahead and take the middle 50% and just get to market quickly and see how users begin to interact with that. Um, so as I have talked about a couple of times, these are the two pipelines or two types of pipelines that we have. We keep two for video. And this is because usually the video that's submitted is going to be longer in length. And we don't want that to back up. And we actually have instrumentation that we can look at, like how long do they sit in the queue before they actually get transcoded. And more importantly, Reddit places an importance on the memes. So we had to have a de dedicated GIF pipeline. And the reason behind this is that most of these GIFs are 15 to 20 seconds average length. And so they're a really quick turnaround within uh, Elastic Transcoder. And we didn't want those to get backed up behind larger content or longer content. So this was a nice little trick that we were able to use that's worked really well for us uh, and has scaled up to that 10,000 video uploads a day uh, very easily. So once Elastic Transcoder is done with its work, we go and this is the message that gets produced onto SQS via SNS. And we'll look at that architecture in just a second. But some of the interesting stuff that we can look out here is the job status, whether it was success or failure, so we can notify the user very quickly, and the input settings that went into that. Um, as well as the output of the transcoded data, so we can tie that back into the post. But essentially, you get everything that you need that went into this job so that you can grab this at the very end and make sure that things look good, tie the transcoded output, uh, output back to the post, and understand what were the job settings that went into Elastic Transcoder. So like I said, Elastic Transcoder leverages SNS to go and publish this message onto a queue via SQS. And this is where we have our, the only infrastructure that we had to go and roll ourselves uh, within Reddit's infrastructure, if you remember from the original slide, was basically a queue consumer to go and latch onto SQS to get this uh, output back. Um, and lastly, at, this, uh, at the Elastic Transcoder completion queue stage, this is when we made the post live. Once we tied that transcoded output back to the video, we could say, get it indexed, get it out there, and everybody can begin to see that. And again, um, this is, I think we were able to do this with three Q consumers, and we were able to, to get the scale that we wanted to. So lastly here, um, I just wanted to show another slide of just the overall architecture and how kind of everything looks again zoomed out after we've dived into a couple of the pieces and some of the work that we did around that. Again, you can kind of see the upload flow, again, the transcoding pipeline, and the integration back uh, to the user. So real quickly, we'll talk about some of the monitoring that we did. So the stuff that we got out of the box through CloudWatch for Elastic Transcoder, SNS, and SQS, 
Um, that was great. Again, going towards our MVP, this allowed us to get to market uh, much quicker and allow us to get some observability and visibility into the process um, of the things happening within this video pipeline. Um, it, we had been using Grafana, we're switching over to Wavefront and the whole new Kubernetes world. But for this talk, we integrated with Grafana rather easily with CloudWatch. We got real-time monitoring and alerting. And I think the interesting thing for us is that there were some custom metrics that we wanted and uh, that we didn't necessarily get out of the box, so how do we do that? So Elastic Transcoder gives us these, these settings that we can go and latch into so that we can get that observability that we want to. We have jobs completed and jobs aired, which are the two interesting states for us, and those are things that we can alert on to make sure that we get ahead of any problems that the pipeline is actually facing. And the other really interesting thing that we have here is the standby time. The standby time, as we talked about, was how long are these videos waiting before they actually get kicked off into transcoding? And this is the metric that we're looking at when we did the multiple pipelines to make sure that we are optimizing for that. We want to make sure that we get it in the queue as quick as possible, or get it transcoding, excuse me. So talking about that custom in, uh, instrumentation, one of the things that was missing there that we really wanted to instrument was how long um, does the transcoding take? What is the transcode duration? And so if we look at the custom metrics here, you'll notice that we have this master duration here, duration milliseconds. That's actually the duration of the content itself, of the video itself. So that's not what we wanted. So we just were able to do, and in this example, here's an example of us just taking the finish time, subtracting the submit time to get the total transcode duration time that we wanted so that we can continue to graph this, look at the output, and make sure that we're not seeing kind of any irregularities, any variability, et cetera. Um, and again, this was able to seamlessly integrate with our Graphite and Grafana uh, uh, infrastructure. Cool. All righty, I'm going to give it back to Anand to talk about some of the results that we had. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jastreet. <clears throat> OK, so quickly going through the results from uh, video. How did we roll it out? So we, we initially got some uh, early adopters from gaming communities, and they had like early adoption. They started trying out different videos. Uh, again, uh, it was a similar story from Reddit. I just want to call out some of the feedback that we got when we started the rollout. Pretty inspirational, I must say, from Reddit. It's, uh, I'll try reading. I can't read it, but like, you can get the sentiment around what the Reddit users felt about the, the video pipeline. So it uh, turns out like, the problem was most of the users uh, who gave the feedback were using a third-party apps. Right? Like one of our product managers, Iman, he went and read through all the comments, analyzed it, and understood, OK, when we did this adaptive, uh, adaptive streaming that just she talked about, our third-party clients did not integrate well with them. So we kind of had to go work with all the third-party uh, uh, app developers to start integrating our, uh, the latest video. And then slowly things started turning it around. And we started seeing the communities were expressing in new ways. Right? Like, uh, what we saw was like new creators were coming along, not the same one who are posting in YouTube or the other third-party sites. So there is a, a gentleman taking a video of his head and asking Reddit to, to tell him how he should have a haircut. And on the right is this gentleman uh, taking a golf swing and asking people to rate how he did it. Um, and then, so it started off rough. Uh, and then with addressing all the user feedback, uh, we hit our monumental milestone like a month back. We got a really good press coverage around hitting our mil billion uh, views. And uh, this is kind of one of my favorite moment. Uh, so Marvel fans, I'm hopefully by now everyone has seen Infinity Wars. So I'm not going to feel bad. I'm going to reveal one of the spoilers from the movie. Uh, so in that movie, Avengers, like in the last uh, few minutes, Thanos snaps his finger 
and half of the human population disappears like across the universe. So someone went and started a, a community called Thanos did nothing wrong. And those community members started a new post saying, can Reddit ban randomly half of the subscribers for the, that community? Thanos did some, nothing wrong. And it was really good to see Thanos and himself using a Reddit video to upload a video and send a message and to snap it. So on July 6th, uh, we did actually randomly, uh, we, we sent a script to the moderators where it randomly picks the subscriber of the communities and we banned them. So this is kind of another example where uh, Reddit, at the core, it's all about communities and you give something simple, the community does something really, really creative with it. Um, again, so what does the Reddit video numbers look by platforms? Uh, so it's primarily uh, mobile. iOS is like 45%, Android at 22 So close to 60 70% is through uh, native uh, traffic, and desktop gets about like 25%. And uh, so this is uh, like the graph is from July uh, 2017 to July 2018. Uh, that's when we launched. And it's been linearly growing, except for uh, the time uh, from like October 2017 to January 2017. This is when we were getting all this inspirational feedback, which, <laughs> which allowed us to go back work with the third-party developers to get it to in a good state. So going back to the original lesson, always listen to your users. And then once we were able to fix most of the issues that uh, they had ran into, we were able to get, jump, jump back into a linear growth and we hit to a billion views uh, in about uh, like early October, I want to say. So uh, quickly, what are the lessons that we learned? So tech, tech learnings. So like as Jashid mentioned, uh, getting to a billion views and the whole video platform, we have one engineer, like one, literally one engineer managing this entire Reddit pipeline. And then we have a couple of uh, client engineers just managing the uh, the client experiences. But if you look at the service, it's just like one engineer. Uh, and then monitoring is really, really key for us. And then uh, using AWS helped us to focus on the core product, the user problems, instead of worrying about the infrastructure. And then, so AWS was perfect for this MVP. And again, caching, caching, caching. Like we messed up caching. And uh, like once we got it right, we were able to cut our cost by like one sixth. So it was really, really important. And again, we uh, experimented with a lot of presets to get the right quality and the right experience for the users. So that is on the technical side. And on the rollout side, we also learned uh, uh, like a lot of lessons which we kind of took from video and applied to redesign. So we identified video-friendly communities, like early adopters, give them the product, uh, let them try it out. And once the, the, the seal video that Jeshit uh, showed, once it hit uh, the front page, people started adopting to it. Like communities started reaching out to us and saying, hey, can we be part of this uh, beta? And then slowly, as you start building advocates, larger partners reached out. We enabled it to profiles and through all communities. Uh, this was an example of Time Magazine uh, using our Reddit video for one of the solar eclipses. So with that. Thank you, everyone, and for patiently listening to us on the last talk of the last day of the conference. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So we're going to kick into some questions here. Uh, what are the biggest challenges and gaps that you have with your serverless deployment? You want to take uh, it? 
You know, actually it's been relatively smooth right now. I think the biggest thing for us is that we, there's a lot of other kind of technical debt that we've been dealing with and as the company has been growing, we've actually been able to leverage the serverless architecture with minimal overhead to be totally honest with you. Um, like I said, um, it's been relatively straightforward. I can't think of really anything that was too difficult here. I think some of the difficulty that it comes with Reddit is getting the team to be able to maintain this infrastructure, to be able to, to orchestrate all of the, the instances, et cetera, and that's something that we just didn't need to worry about. And again, it was so nice to just have a single touch point that this was just really a win-win for us. Yeah, I love the simplicity that you've put in place and the scale at which you operate at. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, any questions from the audience? That's how self-explanatory it is. Cheers. Perfect. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.